Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest this week is comedian and host of Good Tucker at Saran Jayamana. Hello, yes, it is me, host and comedian of Good Tucker. You're back to back. You know, you you got your first point last week. How are you I'm, feeling this week? I'm hungry for more. Yeah, you got a little taste now. Yeah, and it yeah, this I went zero one. Let me tell you, it's not going to go incremental like that. Okay. Anymore. Oh, yeah? It's no, going no, to no. start exponential <laughs> rise yeah, here? Yeah. Yes, exponential. For new listeners, Saran was on the first episode and didn't score a point. Which I think exponential from one would be two. <laughs> it would be the same as yeah. incremental. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, but the next, case, the next four, one, yeah. yeah, yeah no, now yeah, we're yeah, cooking. Yeah, yeah, Meteoric. Yeah. <laughs> Our second contestant is comedian Raywin Pickering. Welcome, Raywin. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. First, <laughs> first time on the show, Raywin. How first are you feeling? Time. Well, as long as I, because you just said so, Serene got zero his first time. Mm. That's a that's a low bar. Yeah, so I reckon I'm gonna hurdle over okay. <laughs> with confidence. Okay, all okay. Right. I yeah. feel like I've got a an all right understanding of this game. Pride comes before a fall. I'll say. <laughs> that. Interesting. Uh, who said that they would? Uh, win incrementally from now on. <laughs> Exponentially. The, the yeah. proud boy over there. Yeah, yeah. Proud boy. <laughs> yeah. I've been called a lot of things. <laughs> uh, all right. The way the show works is I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Okay. Are we ready to play? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Here's question number one. This one comes from a listener, Julie from Bentley. And the question is, what does caca fuego mean? What does caca fuego mean? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. C-A-C-A-F-U-E-G-O. Caca fuego. If it's not right, geez, it should be because it feels fantastic. <laughs> it's a fantastic feeling word in the mouth. And while they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. You get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question with the help of the question writer and I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to two points per round, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house, and the house always wins. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know this is nearly never the case. Anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. 
And if you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash to go on pod, which is linked in the show notes. So they've got their answers in. Let's go to our first question. What does cacafuego mean? A spicy chocolate treat from Spain? The nickname for Pablo Escobar's toilet? A swaggering braggart or boaster? A Spanish word meaning fiery caca? A burning bag of poop left on someone's doorstep as a prank? Ooh. I mean, those last two are very similar. (laughs) (laughs) So you got a spicy chocolate treat from Spain, the nickname of Pablo Escobar's toilet, a swaggering braggart or boaster, Spanish word meaning fiery caca, or a burning bag of poop left on someone's doorstep as a prank. I, I have a question. What is, what's a braggart or boaster? Yeah. A braggart is like someone who brags a lot. Oh. A boaster, oh, someone yeah. who boasts a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, great. I mean yeah. a bragger. <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah. like a, a, a blowhard sort of. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. to me, when you said a braggart, it sounds like something you use in, it's a hard, you go to the hardware store the, <laughs> right. to pick up a braggart. The braggart mm. near the brackets. Yeah. <laughs> someone who's braggadocio. Okay. Is that a word? Braggadacious. Braggadacious. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Caca fuego. Because they're. They're walking around thinking they're hot shit. <laughs> right. Is that the Spanish translation? Uh-huh. Hot shit? Well, so Saran's locking in swaggering braggart or boaster? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's good reasoning. So we're supposed to, yeah, obviously lock in what we think is the correct answer. Yes. Um, and you can you can lock in the same as Saran or you can uh, choose something else. It's but just you. so you know, up until this Braggo. point, I've only ever scored one <laughs> point. <laughs> But I did like that reasoning that it was like it, someone that thinks they're hot shit, I guess. Yeah, I'll look in the same. Look in the oh same. I gosh. love this. I love this. This is how you know Ray when hasn't played before. <laughs> <laughs> I am not using any kind of <laughs> reasoning or logic. Uh, and no matter to- how much Serena has warned you that he never gets it right, you've still oh jumped boy. all in with him and I love that. All right, let's go through oh no. who wrote the answers. A burning bag of poop. Left on someone's doorstep as a prank. That was the house. A Spanish word meaning fiery caca. That was Saran. <laughs> a spicy chocolate treat from Spain. That was also the house. Uh, the nickname of Pablo Escobar's toilet was Raywin, meaning the correct answer is a swaggering braggart or boaster. Oh. So well, you, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> I would like to celebrate my second ever point, but you just uh, exactly. one for one at the uh, moment. <laughs> Already doing so far above what you did for the whole game. Your first one. A hundred percent record. Oh uh, wow. I was pretty happy with that logic. When yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't and even know if it's right I or mean, not. You but won it might me be. Over. Yeah. It's like I don't need to think the about The point of the game else. is for us to beat each other though. One of us should win. If we <laughs> pick the same answers the whole way through. Well I mean that could be fun. Logic. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's teamwork. Especially if you start Points picking the house's work. answers and then the house just runs away with oh, it. Oh that yeah, runaway train. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick score update. After one round, the house is on zero points. Seren is on one point. Can you believe it? And Raywin is also on one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. I told you exponential. Can't wait to get that second <laughs> point. <laughs> The next question, question number two, comes from Mike Salt from Southern Oregon. And Mike's question is, who is the Loveland Frogman? Who is the Loveland Frogman? (laughs) (laughs) And while you're writing your answers, here's some more information on Cacafuego. According to Merriam-Webster, the Cacafuego was a Spanish ship captured in 1579 by the English Admiral Sir Francis Drake. 
The word may have developed its insulting sense because some sailors, either the ones who lost the ship or the ones who won it, did some serious bragging. Cacafuego, by the way, comes from the Spanish word fuego, meaning fire, and ultimately the Latin cacare, meaning to void as excrement. The word probably referred to the ship's cannon fire. So interestingly, while Seren's logic does make sense, it seems like they took the long way around for it to come back to mean that. They went on a journey. <laughs> it, it, somehow it seems like that has come just because the sailors on that ship named the Cacafuego, which was probably named after cannon fire, they were braggers. You know what I mean? It's yeah. come a long way around, but it does almost literally mean I mean, what it... Yeah. True. But where does the hardware store fit into that? Yeah, good question. Miriam Webster, if you're listening, uh, right you know, please write in and please update the entry on your website. Mm. <laughs> I didn't want to break Seren's con- uh, concentration, whatever the longest answer is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I was just sending a text. A I was just sending, yeah. <laughs> no, you, you've written two things, but it's just one of those. The, the second, second one. one. Second okay, one, great. I added a word. <laughs> All right. The answers are in. It yeah. is with, with two players, it is a lot harder to write a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, there's three other locked in answers, and you never know true. the length of those. That's true. All right. Question number two, who is the Loveland Frogman? The Loveland, New Jersey baseball team's mascot? A frog expert who appeared on daytime TV in Canada in the 1980s? A scandal was caused when news broke that he ate frog in the ponds for dessert using real frogs? Underwater Casanova in an initial Aquaman script? A mysterious four-foot-tall humanoid frog that waves a magical wand that emits sparks that was first spotted in Ohio in the 1950s? Or Loveland is a place of no judgment. People who visit are free to enjoy fornication with any creature of their choosing, (laughs) whether it be a frog, whether it be a crow. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes these illicit rendezvous have consequences. Thus, we have today the Loveland Frogman. I get it. Is that a real place or it's uh, written? It's just. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hard, a couple of those were quite long. True. I don't know which one are. <laughs> yeah, multiple long ones, a couple yeah. of short ones. Yeah. Of, yeah. Do you need to hear them again, Raywin, or you got, um, some, you've got one ready to lock in? Look, I feel like there's there was one standout for me yep. um, that I thought was really believable, and that was the mascot for the New Jersey. The Loveland, New Jersey baseball New team? New Jersey, yeah, okay. that first okay. one. Someone's trying to win. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought that one is more believable than fucking a crow. Seren. <laughs> no, don't, don't knock it until you have tried. Okay. Right. So uh, can I hear them again? <laughs> Just the first thing. So you have the uh, Loveland, New Jersey baseball team's mascot, the frog expert. Uh, you know what? I'm going to lock in the New Jersey mascot. <laughs> All right, you two yes, just sticking together. Gee, I, guess, I guess you can see a winner. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> so you're just trying to hold on to that point. Here's who wrote the answers. Let's go through them. Are you getting nervous? We will beat the house this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the underwater Casanova in an initial Aquaman script that was written by Raywin, mm-hmm. uh, the frog expert who ended up eating frogs in the pond with real frogs. That was the house. The uh, <laughs> 
The offspring of a human and a frog from a place where crows are sometimes <laughs> fornicated with. That was Saran. <laughs> <laughs> the Loveland, New Jersey baseball team's mascot was the house, meaning the correct answer oh. was a mysterious four-foot-tall humanoid frog that waves a magical wand that emits sparks. That's not <gasps> mutually exclusive to wow. my watcher. That was first Loveland. spotted in Ohio in the 1950s. Yeah, but he really? comes from Loveland. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So that's like Ohio. Love, lo- lo- love land, Ohio. That's a humanoid right. frog. Ohio is, is like Bigfoot. Is yeah, exactly. Massive frog that emits Web sparks. Foot. With a wand. Webfoot. Yeah. Webfoot. So that means in round two. Wow. Two points to the house. Okay. And a quick score update here. Okay. Ray went on one point. Saran, one point. Okay, so it's even because as, as a team. <laughs> yes, that's right. Two points each. Mm. Uh, out in front, it's the house on two points or equal with the rest if you want to group yeah. together yeah. as. I prefer the team, but you can call us the rest <laughs> if you uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about the Frogman in a second, but here's question number three. This one comes from Will Hancock from Paducah, Kentucky in the United States. Question is, the Battle of Texel in 1795 is known for being the only battle in history where what happened? The Battle of Texel. In 1795, is known for being the only battle in history where what happened. So while you're writing your answers, I'll let the audience know a bit more about the Loveland Frogman. According to Wiki, uh, according to various legends, the creature was first sighted by a businessman driving along an unnamed road late at night in 1955. In one story, the driver was heading out of the Branch Hill neighbourhood when he spotted three figures stood erect on their hind legs along the side of the road each three to four feet in height with leathery skin and frog faces. In other versions of the story, the creatures were spotted under or over a poorly lit bridge and one held a wand over its head that fired a spray of sparks. Flash forward nearly two decades and on March the 3rd, 1972 at 1 a.m., Loveland police officer Ray Shockey was driving on Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory and the Little Miami River when an unidentified animal scurried across the road in front of his vehicle. The animal was fully illuminated in his vehicle's headlights and he described it as three to four feet long with leathery skin. He reported spotting the animal crouched like a frog before it momentarily stood erect to climb over the guardrail and back down towards the river. So this is a policeman. You know, he, he it's not some local oddball. I mean, he could be. Policemen can be oddballs Trusted. too. Uh, two weeks after the incident, a second Loveland police officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched along the road in the same vicinity as Shockey's sighting. Matthews shot the animal. See, these aren't just some oddballs. They're police. <laughs> Matthews recovered the body and put it in his trunk to show Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, it was a large iguana about 3 or 3.5 feet long, and he didn't immediately recognise it because it was missing its tail. Matthews speculated the iguana had been someone's pet that either got loose or was released when it grew too large. According to Matthews, Shockey was shown the dead iguana and confirmed it was the animal he had seen two weeks previously. A bit of a downer there. Apparently, uh, one of these cops was interviewed for this book about cryptids and, you know, mysterious animals, and they relayed the whole story apart from the bit about it being an iguana. (laughs) They're just like, he saw it. It was a frogman. And then just didn't didn't, uh, let the readers know that it was... (laughs) They figured out it was definitely an iguana. Wow. All right, the answers are in. Here is question number three. The Battle of Texel in 1795 is known for being the only battle in history where what happened? 
Fighting stopped when a small comet landed between the armies. An officer called Reginald Texel broke ranks, screaming, and threw hot beans over himself as a way to forfeit the battle. A cavalry troop of horsemen defeated a fleet of warships. The winner was decided by a literal pissing competition. Or, like drones, super soakers were first invented for use by the army, but they were only used in one battle before being scrapped due to ineffectiveness. They then became available to the general public. Super soakers like water pistols. Mm. In 1795. Yeah, that's earlier than I realised. So you got fighting stopped when a small (laughs) comet landed between the armies. Uh, Reginald Texel broke ranks screaming, throwing hot beans over himself as a way to (laughs) fall for the battle. The only time that's ever happened. A cavalry troop of horsemen defeated a fleet of warships. The only time that's ever happened. The winner <laughs> was decided by a literal pissing competition. The only time that's ever happened. Mm. Or uh, the super soakers were first used and the oh, only time they ever used. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, what? a couple of centuries later they were in Kmart. Okay, so <laughs> Seren, any thoughts here? Yeah, I like the idea that the Battle of Texel was um, – because of a guy called Reginald, Reginald Texel. Texel. Yeah. And then he regrets mm. starting that battle. Yeah. And so he threw hot beans at himself, <laughs> which is the only way the you only could. The only time yeah. as well. Yeah. And, you know, everyone went, well, is that a forfeit? We normally use a white flag. <laughs> yeah. He's going with hot beans. We, <laughs> we don't want to argue with that. And then he had to explain. They do a whole thing. All right, we locking friends. that in for Seren. Yeah, Reginald Texel. Mm. Raven, what are you thinking? Are I you going to jump questions. in? Okay. I think I'm going to. What stood out to me was the pissing contest, but a few questions. Do you think they're going for height or? Uh, or, yeah, quantity, oh, quality. Quantity, I didn't even. You, you meant distance. <laughs> Who has the most crystal clear? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe force Hold of stream, yeah. pressure. Yeah. They're so, yeah. Could it be height or. A lot or of information distance. left out. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And would it just be, would it be the whole squadron? in on this or yeah do you get to pick your two best pisses yeah what do you call <laughs> in it the front you get to pick a they have a word for that in um conscription conscription mm. you got to conscript someone <laughs> there's a, a lot of yeah. <laughs> oh no i've been conscripted into the piss wall yeah i imagine it's like the start of that um that troy movie where, it's, where it is just two guys it's just brad pitt pissing on a much bigger guy <laughs> um but he wins i reckon it's I like to think in 1795 yeah. that, and it's probably height. I want to lock in okay. that it's even. I mean, I thought we were picking as a team, but that's no. You can go. <laughs> you can go off on your own tangent. All right. So you're going with the literal pissing competition. I think so. All right. Here Texel. is who wrote the answers. The super soakers. That was written by Saran. I thought it was fantastic oh, work. Thank I thought Ray when I, I created I, a whole history. You did a world. I loved it. <laughs> A few weeks ago, there was a question about the Civil War and one of the fake answers was that it was the first time a submarine was used in battle and we all laughed and then I got a tweet saying, there was a submarine used in the <laughs> in the Civil War. And, uh, wow. So we're laughing like now. Real fools. But yeah. <laughs> someone's going to yeah. yeah, that is there when Super Soakers were. <laughs> someone's going to tweet you being like, ah, oh, Super Soakers, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the Battle of Texas. Actually, they were in the, the 1600s. <laughs> A uh, small comet landing that was written by the house. Uh, that was a suggestion by Will Hancock, the question writer himself. Then we had the winner was decided by a literal pissing competition. That was also written by the house. Oh, one point of the house from Ray when there. An officer called Reginald Texel broke ranks, pouring hot beans all over himself. That was written by Raywin. <gasps> 
So a point to Raywin. Reginald Texel. Meaning the correct answer was a cavalry troop of horsemen defeated a fleet of warships. So one point mm, to the house. That's exciting. Well, that's not the only time that's happened. That horses <laughs> I mean, beat, a, be, yeah. beat, beat, beat uh, boats. Yeah. How, how's that playing out, do you reckon? Well, because the boats have to. They, they're not swim. fighting over the water. They'd want the land. And the boats, you know what boats can't do? Yeah. Take land. Gallop. Win the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So quick score update uh, on one point. It's Saran. Still his best ever, equal oh. best ever. Uh, on two points it's Raywin, but out in front on three points. It's the house. house. <laughs> Still, if you're going house versus the rest, it's three all. Exactly. Mm. Thanks, Raywin. <laughs> We gotta take take this house down. <laughs> Here is question number four. This one comes from Edward Bassanelli from Canberra. I'm pretty sure, Saran, you and I met Edward at a show in Canberra years ago. Yeah, I remember it fondly. Oh. And Edward's question is the children's band The Wiggles have many different characters featured in their songs and shows, such as Dorothy the Dinosaur and Captain Feathersword. But what is the name of a rare Wiggles character that appeared on their first album? What is the name of a rare Wiggles character that appeared on their first okay, album? Lucky. A lesser known character. Yeah, lucky I'm a fan of their earlier work. Yeah, yeah. Back when they were a five piece, I learned uh, because the fifth member r- wrote this song. Fun fact. Oh. I normally don't throw in a fun fact this early <laughs> in the day. Uh, while you're writing your answers, here's a little more info about the Battle of Texel from the Smithsonian. The Battle of Texel remains the only instance in history where a cavalry troop horse-riding soldiers, captured a fleet of ships. It happened in 1795, though it wasn't exactly a battle. Jeez, they, they walk it back in the first paragraph. The winter of 1794-1795 was extremely cold in Holland, and when a storm rolled in, a Dutch fleet anchored in the Strait of Mars Deep tried to shelter by Texel Island, which was, I'm assuming, named after Reginald Texel, yeah. until the storm <laughs> blew over. But then found themselves iced in, writes author David Blackmore. At the time, the French were fighting against the Dutch Republic as well as alongside revolutionaries within the Netherlands who supported the ideas of the French Revolution. News of the stuck ships reached French General Jean-Charles Picagrew, who told Johan Willem de Winter, a Dutch admiral who worked for the French, to deal with it. De Winter sent out infantry, cavalry and horse artillery. The troops arrived on January 22 and camped out for the night. The French leader sent Hussars, famed French cavalrymen, to go see if they could intimidate the Dutch into surrendering. Hussar! <laughs> but at this point, the Dutch weren't intending to do much else. Subsequent French military protagonists sponsored the unlikely story of ragged men thundering on their horses across the ice to capture with naked sword the battle fleet of Holland, Blackmore writes. In fact... It was a lot more mundane. It's not totally clear what happened, he writes, but there wasn't a big battle (laughs) and it's likely the scene was pretty quiet. They rode up to one of the ships and the two sides agreed to wait for orders. Five days later, the Dutch crews swore an oath to comply with French orders and maintain naval discipline, but were allowed to remain under the Dutch flag, he writes. So it's actually the most dull story ever. Yeah. Uh, this, tri- like- this troop of horses rode <laughs> up and they and the other side said, all, all right, civil. let's chat. Yeah. yeah. And the horse, so technically the horse team went one. Yeah. But, you know. Get the hot beans involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's spice this <laughs> up a bit. Yeah. Get some caca fuego. <laughs> 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Here is question number four. What is the name of a rare Wiggles character that appeared on their first album? Itchy Scratchy the Crab? Brigadier General Belvedere Kendall? <laughs> Mischief the Monkey, Rodney Rumball, or Gary from Accounts? One of these is a real character from the first Wiggles album. Itchy Scratchy the Crab, Brigadier General Belvedere Kendall, Mischief the Monkey, Rodney Rumball, or Gary from Accounts? What are you thinking here, Seren? I think it's Brigadier Kendall. Okay, well, that wasn't one of the options, but <laughs> I, I couldn't remember the middle bits. But you know, Brigadier. he's gone rogue. <laughs> I want to lock in my own answer. <laughs> the one that had that rhythm, Brigadier yeah. General Belvedere Belved- Kendall. Yeah, I think I'm locking that in for Seren. Brigadier General. So he would just wear some kind of officer outfit, a bit like a pirate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's Brigadier the one General. who he's he, the prototype feather the, sword. The, yeah. <laughs> They're like a bit too much of a mouthful for the yeah. toddlers. <laughs> It was a mouthful for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I do like the rhythm of that one. Brigadier General. Gumball Kendall. Belvedere Kendall. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they would go for Gary. Okay. Or um. <laughs> so you've also got Itchy yeah. Scratchy the Crab, Mischief the Monkey, or Rodney Rumble. Oh, Mischief the Monkey. That could be a fun a fun wiggle. Okay, so just for a difference, yeah. Well, let's go Mischief. The monkey, then that could be a fun little, all right, I'll look a fun that character in for Raywin. You know, he's out there setting fire to things. <laughs> oh, mischief monkey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mischief, pretty big mischief. <laughs> Misdemeanor the monkey. <laughs> it's just stealing things. Yeah, klepto. It's pretty <laughs> aggravated assault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, here's who wrote the answers. Gary from Accounts. That was written by The House. Rodney Rumble was written by Saran. I'd love to know your process here, <laughs> Saran. <laughs> Listeners don't know that Raywin brought in a in a, a nice Rodney. box of <laughs> Rodney's. <laughs> chocolate Rodney's. <laughs> a box of uh, Rumbles. Homemade Rumbles Homemade even. Rumbles. Delicious. So no, good. Yeah. Thank you. And they're obviously front of mind for Saran. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, Itchy Scratchy the Crab was written by Raywin. Mm. Uh, Brigadier General Belvedere Kendall was written by the house, oh, meaning Mischief the Monkey was yes. correct. So one point for Ray. Misdemeanor Monkey <laughs> would be a great one to bring back. One point for the house. <laughs> I think, you know, let's write a letter to Jeff or yeah. whoever's in charge now these days at these the Wiggles. Days. Anthony. Yeah. Uh, Murray. Emma. I think she's Emma? got a straw. Oh, I think she's I think gone she's too. Gone. I think Sorry. I've just named everyone Murray. who's left. I think Murray's the guy Matt. who's in charge of everything, right? We, mm, at Dave Warnicky's Bucks night, we, like, they'd planned out the day, you know, we played Mario Kart at a cinema and then oh. uh, we went to this oh. fancy pub and we went to a few different places and then last minute 
we all went to Cherry Bar to watch Murray the Wiggle play in his, like, rock band, and it was so good. Wow. Like, Warnicke has a great photo with Murray, the sweatiest man you've ever seen. He's just, <laughs> he's just rocked out for, a, you know, two hours, and he's, like, dripping with sweat. What a moment. Wow. And to think now if I could go back, I could have been like, huh. I remember the mischief, the monkey days, yeah. Murray. And, you know, it just started a real conversation. Yeah, you could have. You could have floated some suggestions. Yeah. Misdemeanor, mm. the monkey. Uh, Brigadier Look, General. Brigadier General. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so quick score update. On one point. On one point, it's Saran. Uh, in second place, on three points is Rowan, but out in front mm. on four points, it's the Hulls. Mm. And that brings us up to question number five. We are racing through this episode. Uh, We're in the back half now. Question number five comes from Brian Nichols from Melbourne who wrote the question, what did Harry Styles tweet on the 9th of October 2011? What did Harry Styles tweet on the 9th of October 2011? All right. And while they're writing their answers, here's the lyrics to the song Mischief the Monkey. (laughs) Mischief the Monkey. Bananas galore. He'll eat a whole bunch, then cry out for more. If you search through the jungle, you'll see what we mean. He's gobbled them up, all yellow and green. Yellow and green? Mischief the monkey. Bananas galore. He'll eat a whole bunch, then cry out for more. If you search through the jungle, you'll see what we mean. He's gobbled them up, all yellow and green. Yellow and green. Yes, yellow and green. Yellow and green. It's really beautiful stuff. (laughs) The answers are in. So here is question number five. (laughs) What did Harry Styles tweet on the 9th of October 2011? Watched a TV show called The X-Files last night and it was pretty good. If you like science fiction drama, it's worth a look. (laughs) 9, 10, 11. I feel like touching Kevin. Because the date is the 9th of the 10th of the year. Oh, that's pretty good. Simon Cow. Say it over and over and it sounds so weird. Simon Cow. Simon Cow. Simon Cow. So weird. <laughs> Strange for a tweet. <laughs> That'd be a good Instagram story maybe. but it. Mm. Just use deep heat when I went for a pee. A mistake has been made. Or been searching for my brother all my life. Today at the train station I met him. Great to finally meet you, Turn Styles. Oh, my oh, God. That is <laughs> terrible. Oh, well, I mean, he's a singer. <laughs> you don't know, people don't always take that much time on their That's true. tweets. Gee, and this is from 2011. He's not trying he to might have, up, That might have been in drafts for a while. Yeah, <laughs> he's not trying to get a writing job. Either. No. I looked it up. I think he was, he was on, uh, like, he was sort of discovered on Simon Cowell's TV show in 2010. So this, this oh. oh this is so fresh. he's big. This is he's, he's just he's just stage. sort of being launched. I think maybe One Direction oh, okay, has so just sort of been yeah. founded. Yeah, yeah. But I think they were pretty big pretty quickly. Yeah. But he's so in he, England is, anyway. Is he from America? Uh England. Oh okay. Because then nine ten eleven. Oh, uh, well, they'd say nine, like yeah. ten nine eleven. Yeah. They do things a little differently over there. Yeah, just do they to, in England as well. No, I think they go nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, I think yeah. everywhere else pretty much does. Mm. But I, and I always America. found it very strange. Americans do that other way. But someone, um, uh, I mentioned that on a on a podcast in the past, and someone tweeted me saying, "It makes sense because you know people normally say they say October the 9th, 
2011, not 9th of October 2011. And I'm like, well, I say 9th of October 2011, <laughs> yeah. but I get your point <laughs> as well. Uh, <laughs> do you need to hear them again or are you happy to lock one of these in? Um, yeah, could I have them again? I uh, watched a TV show called The X-Files last night and it was pretty good. If you like science fiction drama, it's worth a look. 9, 10, 11, I feel like touching Kevin. Simon Cowell, say it over and over. It sounds so weird. Simon Cowell, Simon Cowell, Simon Cowell, so weird. Just used deep heat, then went for a wee. A mistake has been made. Well, been searching for my brother all my life. Today at the train station I met him. Great to finally meet you, Turn Styles. <laughs> Oh, because his brother's name is Turn. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so and his random. name's Harry Styles. <laughs> his surname. <laughs> they both styles. have the surname Styles. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite clever. <laughs> I reckon he. I don't think Harry's that clever. Yeah. I think he's going for the more he's of the more of the deep heat. The deep heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's still trying to be funny. Yeah. But he's going base yeah. level. Yeah. Yeah. Just a true life experience. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm not sure if he's like he's more of a stream back. of consciousness kind of got with the with Simon way. Cow. Oh, oh yeah. Simon Cow. Yeah, <laughs> Where he's just I like, guess all of them. So, so, yeah, or X Files. Woody. So, I feel so like it's he was late discovered to see by X Files though. 2011. Mm. You know, he might have been. He got there through Californication though. Yeah, oh. worked back because that was, he was pretty big. big I reckon Dikov 2011. Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a Dukov head. And, and he would have been, you know, it would have been like 17. He was a kind of horny guy work. watching Californication. Oh, like, yeah. What, yeah, what other sense. work? That makes sense. And then he, yeah. So it could be the DP yeah. too. Mm. Yeah, horny guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah always have <laughs> sore muscles. It all comes back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are, we, what are we locking in? Hot peens. Hot yeah, peens? I, yeah, I think hot peens too. <laughs> so both going for deep heat yeah. we? Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, watched a TV show called The X-Files last night, blah, blah, blah. That was The House. That was actually something I tweeted a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it felt familiar <laughs> to me, yeah. Also, so that was a year ago, 2020. Yeah, I've been really to, getting yeah. in late. So, but that, that, was, that was the entirety of what I thought the joke was, that I'm like thinking I'm letting people yeah. in on this this underground show, you yeah. know, like people yeah, yeah. do, but it, it just doesn't Did come you out get clearly. To it through Californication as yes, well? Yes, I worked back from Californication because yeah. okay. I was horny in yeah. 2011. <laughs> But it's like I forget that tweets never come across or very rarely come across as their attendance. So people are just like take everything at face value. Yeah. You're like, no, I was, uh, you're right. It's a very weak joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely you know that I'm trying to be funny at least. I reckon it's good to get into those arguments. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 9th of October 2011, I think a lot of people thought that Harry actually had a brother called Turn. <laughs> yeah. Did they take it at face value? Uh, which brings me to the tweet about great to finally meet you, Turnstiles. That was written by Saran. That was a good one. Oh. <laughs> uh, your initial reaction uh, betrays you there, Very Raywin. condescending. <laughs> well, because, I mean, I, I think I was more saying that because you acted like you didn't understand it at first. Yeah. You were like... Sack, oh, yeah. you were, pl- you were playing, playing the, the game. game. Yeah. Saran. Yeah. I thought we were a team, to be honest. Um, well, <laughs> we I'm glad you found out <laughs> nearly at the end of the show that, you know, you are actually <laughs> playing Opposing. against each other. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, 9, 10, 11, I feel like touching Kevin. <laughs> that was Raywin. Now, can, do, can you sort of take us behind the scenes here? Who's Kevin in this case? Is he a member of the band? Um, he's, he's a guy whose name rhymes with nice. 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be a lyric. Uh, <laughs> throwing it out there for him. Something that rhymes. A nice stage manager maybe. Yes. You know, maybe one, one of the other like judges on that is. show might have been Kevin a Kevin. Kevin Cow. Kevin Cow. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Simon Cow, Cow. say it over and over. It sounds so weird. That was the house. Mm. Um, which means the correct answer is just use deep heat and then went for a wee. <gasps> a mistake has been made. So one point to Saran. One point to Raywin. Meaning Saran has now doubled his best ever score. We're going exponential. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now Saran's on two points, but in the lead, each on four points is Raywin in the house. Hey. Still truly anyone's game with two rounds to go. Here is question number six. This one comes from Sam Lacey from Manchester in the UK. The question is, what did Pope Gregory the Ninth do on June the 13th, 1233? June the 13th, 1233. Yes. Okay. What did Pope Gregory the Ninth do on June the 13th, 1233? Mm-hmm. While you're writing those answers, here's some more info on Harry Styles' tweet. It had over 6,000 likes and 7,000 retweets, which is good numbers for uh, back in 2011. Uh, I found a Reddit thread. I'm trying to like, there was no more information <laughs> I could tell people about. So I found a Reddit thread where someone asked for advice for how to soothe themselves after doing a similar thing. They wrote, if someone were to rub deep heat all over their balls, how would one hypothetically reduce the intense burning sensation? <laughs> this is a thread from, yeah, many around the same time actually. Uh, what's Reddit? Said simply, milk. Uh, Pockmark wrote, well, it sounds like you, in inverted commas, hypothetically fucked up. But in any case, use peanut butter. Don't ask how I know this. Uh, and Augustus Gus wrote, there's nothing else for it. You'll have to amputate. Uh, there was another person whose uh, account has been deleted since who said that he should uh, <laughs> fuck a said something like fuck a snowman in its snowman ass or something. Oh my god! And I forgot to write that down. But um, looking at your <laughs> response intense. there, Raywin, pretty intense. Yeah, um, but okay. Yeah, and yeah. I, you f- are you fucking it with your balls? You know. <laughs> Their answer sort of created. Wow. More questions. More questions, yeah. 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 So no one just went with like put, it's on that with like chilli with something hot, you put milk on it? No, the first person said milk, yeah. Oh, sorry, I wasn't yeah. Second person said peanut butter. Yeah. Third person said chop, it, chop them off. Mm. That's the, the trick is when you're eating spicy food, you'd think it would be water. Right. You'd think it would be. Which you, a snowman is, you know how humans are mostly made of water? A snowman is nearly entirely made of water. Mm. They are the only creature more water than humans. <laughs> yeah. Basically real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess just the, you know, it's only the accoutrements that are non-water. Or, you know, a carrot. That's still probably mostly made of water. A carrot would have a high water. water content. That's true. Yeah. What are the eyes? Uh, yeah, what do people use as eyes? Do you know, Raymond? Raywin growing um, up in country Queensland, did yeah. you uh, have a lot of experience with <laughs> snowmen? Snowman? Snow, yeah. Um, yeah, what would? No, no experience at all. Um, with a snowman? With a snowman, okay. no. no. the only snow um, I've ever seen was pretty weak. there was weak. the hail, like oh, you definitely hail get hail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the hail men were big. Yeah, uh, what do you use for <laughs> eyes on a hail man? Um, uh, I guess rocks. Rocks. What would rocks. they be? Yeah, that Isn't makes that sense. The and I imagine rocks probably have a pretty low water. Yeah. Percentage. But the rest of the hell, man, yeah. almost 100% yeah. water. That's right. Like a real person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think, which I think this show is all about, just making people think. Who knew it? What? So what kind of songs does Murray 
His regular rock band. Uh, sort of from memory, it was late in the night, um, <laughs> or late in the day. I would say sort of like bluesy rock. Uh, you know, party rock. Is he trying to? It, do you think he tries to hide from it, the fact that he's like? Are people shouting out requests for? Uh, I think he. I think they did a short, like a, a short part of their encore was some sort of Wiggles. Oh, trip. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, like one of the big ones, Big Red Car or something. Oh yeah, great. Mm. Uh, That's fun. Which I think is nice because you know so there would be many who would be like, Wiggle oh, we're actually. <laughs> uh, this is very serious, you know. Uh, question six: What did Pope Gregory the Ninth do on June the thirteenth, twelve thirty-three? He accidentally let slip that he wasn't a hundred percent on the whole God existing thing. <laughs> on the thirteenth of June, twelve thirty-three, or as some people refer to it, June the thirteenth, twelve thirty-three, the Pope of the day started Italy's and, in fact, the world's very first pizza delivery shop. The phone number for which was thirteen six thirty-three. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. very good. I wonder if that's a coincidence because that was the date. Oh, it was too? Yeah. Wow. What are the odds? Uh, <laughs> Maybe he waited till that day to launch. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. clever marketing. He thought of it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, quite a while before. The Catholic Church has always been good at the business side. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the hiding things till. <laughs> yes, hiding a the seat. appropriate yeah. Until the appropriate time. <laughs> Sometimes there is never there an, is appropriate an appropriate time. There is an appropriate time. And so. <laughs> Uh, option three, he issued an official papal decree declaring that Satan was half cat and sometimes took the form of a cat. Uh, he threw a silver plate in anger at a local pauper. When the pauper caught the plate and threw it back, the two inadvertently invented the frisbee. Ah, oh, yes. Love that. I've read that story. The pauper versus the pauper. <laughs> <laughs> or finally, Pope Gregory actually singed his hair on the candles during a sermon in such a manner he wore the first ever mullet. I know for a fact. Well, I don't uh, actually know for a fact, but I have a strong feeling it's the papal decree. About the cat? About, about the, the cat? Satan cat. Yeah. Okay, looking at him for surround. I've met a few cats lately and <laughs> they are fucked. <laughs> yeah. Satanic? Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't need to strong. give a that's decree strong. to say it, but. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Does that decree still stand? Like once you've, is that what like? Yeah, I don't know if uh, maybe so, so now people did Gregory the following... 10th <laughs> walk it back a little? I'm yeah. not sure. Um, I, I like the first Frisbee game that they just, they just had fun with it, yeah. you yeah. know, that he was just a fun-loving pope, yeah. you know, not like these recent popes. Well, I mean, he, he threw like, it in anger. Yeah, but then. <laughs> I mean, a fun-loving pope. At a pope. pauper. But then the pauper <laughs> took the funny side of it, yeah. <laughs> you know, he took the. Great reflexes. Yeah. Oh, great. Imagine a silver plate's pretty heavy too. Yeah. Oh, paupers renowned for their great reflexes. Okay. They've got to. Frisbee traditionally in the old days, one of the most expensive sports <laughs> to play. <laughs> 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 Really hoarding those silver <laughs> blades. <laughs> uh, so is that what you're looking at? Or are you-, um, you don't think if he's a fun-loving guy he might start a pizza shop? Mm, that's a good mm. point. There's nothing more fun-loving than, than- you know, going into a small business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, carefree. What a carefree lifestyle yeah. just starting a small business from the ground up. Although, you know, let's be honest. Just for the people. He was born into a little bit of privilege, I assume. Yeah. Mm. His name was Gregory. There's no more privileged Need way to I start life more. than being. Need I say more? <laughs> and he comes. He's the ninth, Gregory. 
Yeah, a long, been eight a people long before line of mm. very privileged Gregories. 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 That's, that's, that's plural. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to play play the game and I reckon it it is the cat. Because I want to hold on. If Seren gets this point, okay. I'm not going oh. to You're also playing it. against the house, don't forget, yeah, as well. Yeah, you, you could just be given the house too. And points. the house, of course, is, you know, no offence to Seren, but probably... The biggest threat. The biggest threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, locking in uh, the papal decree for Rayon. Here's who wrote the answers. Uh, he accidentally let slip he wasn't 100% on the whole God existing thing. That was the house. Uh, <laughs> starting a pizza delivery shop with the number 13633. That was Saran. Which is, actually Ooh, makes it, because you were pushing that you to Rayon, yeah. which is, I don't know. It made me uncomfortable. I don't know where that sits. Actually. <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to do that. Morality wise? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Don't get all popey. <laughs> I don't know how Gregory would feel about what, are you that. Give a decree here. That you- Man, I love there was a pope, not a pope. There were at least nine, nine popes, popes called Gregory. That's so good. Um, throw uh, through a silver plate in anger, uh, inadvertently inventing the frisbee. That was also the house. Uh, and singeing his hair, uh, making. The first ever mullet. That was Ray when meaning the correct answer is he issued an official papal Yay! decree declaring that Satan was half cat and sometimes took the form of a cat. So one point to Saran, now tripling his best ever wow. score. One point to Ray when meaning the scores are now in third place. It's your best ever score, but you're still coming last. <laughs> it's Saran <laughs> on three points. Then we've got in second place the house on four points, but way out in front. By one point on five points, it's Raywin. Anyone's game. Anyone's game. Going into the last round, two points up for grabs. Literally anyone can win this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here is the final question. Question number seven. We always finish with a synopsis question. This one comes from Dave Loring from Hobart in Tasmania. And the question is, what is the plot of the 1977 film Chatterbox? What is the plot oh. of the 1977 film Chatterbox? And while your answers are being written, here's some more information about the aftermath of the Pope's decree, according to all that's interesting. So soon after the decree, Catholics around the continent began slaughtering any feline that entered their property. We may still see the effects of the mass cat slaughter today. It's been suggested that the lack of black cats in Europe or the small population of black cats in Europe today is a direct result of that breed being deemed particularly devil-like. Of course, the bubonic plague also motivated the kitty killings, as many believed that cat germs contributed to the plague spread. However, history shows that the Black Death, which ravaged Europe in the 1300s, was actually caused by rats and the fleas on them, which means that killing off the rats, which means that killing off the rats' main predators was probably not the best idea. And yet people now say that uh, this led to the the, ba- the Black Plague uh, being a lot worse than it could have been because the Pope did not like cats. Mm. All right, the answers are in. Here is the final question. Anyone's game. Triple points? Mm. No triple points oh. required this week because oh, okay. it's just anyone's game. Oh, okay. You get, multi- you get uh, maximum points here and uh, you and Ray win. Do will I get be maximum points? Can I rewrite my answer? I didn't. Yeah, I forgot I was in the game. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, honestly, yeah, this one, I don't think there's any of these sound realistic. You're going to be like, one of those is a real movie. Wow. 
One of these is a real movie. Okay. And the question is, what is the plot to the 1977 film Chatterbox? Wacky scientist Thorgood Melman is down on his luck. His inventions just aren't getting anyone excited. One day in his lab, with nothing left to lose, he mixes together a concoction that gives boxes, usually inanimate, the power of speech. Once again, nobody is excited. Option two, when wise-cracking 12-year-old Billy offends his elderly neighbour, he wakes up one day to find she's a witch and has stolen his voice. With the school talent show fast approaching, Billy enlists the help of two nerds he used to pick on to solve a series of puzzles to get his voice back <laughs> and maybe learn some valuable life lessons <laughs> along the way. <laughs> it's my favourite. I love that so I love that. that, so, I love that. Um, uh, a small metal box gets left behind on a plane and really would not shut up about it to all the other checked-in baggage. Runtime is 122 minutes. <laughs> Johnny and Miranda finally realise their dream of opening the Chatterbox, Manhattan's hottest new nightclub, <laughs> only to discover the building is haunted. This is bad, but what's worse? The ghosts want to party on down even more than the club goes. <laughs> or after it criticises one of her lovers, a hairdresser discovers her vagina can talk and it has dreams of becoming an opera singer. <laughs> so one of these... <laughs> one of these is a real film wow. that was made in 1977. as a different okay. time. Yeah. <laughs> any anything jumping out at you here? Wow. Is it, were there any um, any clues you can give us to like any stars of the movie? The only, I think the only name I recognised was Rip, not Rip Torn, the other Rip. Oh. Do you know the other Rip? Rip Curl. Rip Curl. <laughs> <laughs> Let me search actors named Rip. Rip. That may or may not have been. I don't think there is Rip another. Rip Taylor. Oh, Rip, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, oh. Rip Taylor's in it. Is that a? He was like a, a really over the top guy, oh. and I saw I saw a clip of it, and he was you know he's just like wearing a bad wig, and he's got like this mustache. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah, okay. Right. Well, that kind of gives a little bit of um, yeah, a little bit of intrigue. I reckon maybe it's the hairdresser if it's like if it's a guy with a big mustache. Oh, know? look! Don't he don't could, read it too much. I in don't know. Yeah, well, he could be playing the vagina. To, I think yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I they think typically like have beards. 1970s, but a mustache. Bush. Yeah, 1977. Bush was in. Yeah. No, Bush was in. I think in the no, early Bush 90s. Was out. Bush oh. was out in the 70s. <laughs> and then again in the then early again. 2000s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. W. Bush. <laughs> uh, so locking in uh, the hairdresser for Ray. That's a bit of fun. What about you, Saran? Can I hear one more read through? Yep. The- uh, do you want the whole things, or do you just want me to just summarize? So we got the uh, wacky scientist who's down in his luck. Got the wise cracking 12 year old. Uh, who meets a witch. I uh, got the metal box that gets left behind on a plane. Uh, we got uh, the couple that opens a Manhattan nightclub uh, and then the hairdresser whose vagina can talk. Yeah, I think it's the Chatterbox nightclub. Nightclub? Mm. For Saran, okay. Lock that in. I actually think it's – I think Rip Taylor's played a vagina, but I, I need to win. Before. Oh, I yeah. Need, yeah. It's not as exciting if we pick the same one. So I'm going with the nightclub. Okay. Because Rip Taylor, he's a wacky guy. Oh, he's yeah. a wacky guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the road. <laughs> the answers. Uh, the wacky scientist down on his luck. That was written by Seren. I thought that was mm. maybe the most Lots believable of, of them all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had the wise cracking 12-year-old who had his voice stolen by a witch. That was written by Dave Loring, a.k.a. The House. A mm. uh, small metal box that gets left behind on a plane and would not shut up about it. That was written by Raywin. Mm. <laughs> Runtime 122 <laughs> minutes. 
That's what. That's where I. A lot of. I thought. Yeah. In 1977, the movies were. I think they were at least 178 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that means one of you is correct. But it's not Seren because <gasps> the... I'll be more suspense than that. The Manhattan's hottest <laughs> new nightclub was written by the house slash Dave Loring again and the correct answer is it was after it criticised one of her lovers, a hairdresser discovers her vagina can talk and it has dreams of becoming an opera singer. What? Great. So was Rip Taylor the r- vagina? I th- I don't know. Rip Taylor was just a, a guy in it, maybe a manager or something. But um, Was that not means the bush. One point. <laughs> is the important distinction. To Ray when one point to the house and while I tabulate the score, scores. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more about the movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't list any critical reviews <laughs> so there's no critical consensus. So uh, no one can criticise it. We can't say that it's bad then. Yeah. The Not audience have scored it though at yeah. 22%. I never trust the audience. No. <laughs> uh, and I did find a couple of um, a couple of reviews which I think were from the time. Uh, the Los Angeles Times said, the film's vulgar premise smacks of smirking adolescence. It's crude one-liners full of foul language that unsuccessfully try to stretch to a full-length movie. The movie is a male masturbatory fantasy. (laughs) Diabolique magazine wrote that, quote, there are actually worse concepts for a comedy, and with really smart (laughs) handling, this could have even been worth watching, maybe even been quite feminist. But as used here, the film is far too depressing. Wow. Well, imagine that is the it's a movie about a talking vagina who wants to be an opera singer. It's too sad. (laughs) How grim is that? I feel sorry for Diabolique magazine that they're not counted as a critical movie. Or Los Angeles Times. Yeah, have those. No one's bothered to collate them. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently I mean the idea sounds so good, but apparently it's not too good. Anyway. Wow. (laughs) Male masturbate. Dream. Oh boy. I every yeah. Every night I wish my girlfriend's vagina could sing opera. Yeah. <laughs> that is if everyone's fantasy. Yeah. yeah. All right. So with fi- proper handling, maybe. Mm, yeah. I, yeah, that line was so That's like a is cold that a pun? and, and <laughs> just so uh, wow. brutal. Uh it's oh, not boy. not the worst concept. And with really smart handling, yeah. it could have even been worth watching. Aww. <laughs> So good. All right. Here are the final scores in third place with his best ever score on three points. It's Seren. Thank you. Yay, Seren. Best Uh, ever. Yeah, happy with three. In second place on five points, it's the house. But out in front on six points, the winner is Raywin Pickering. (gasps) Run away. Thank you. How often does the house win? Okay, the house often wins, but when I'm on, the house loses. Loses yeah. every so time. So I am serving a well, role. Thank mm-hmm. you for your contribution thank and bringing you. the house down. Yep. Congrats, Raywin. <laughs> you really you, brought Raywin. the house down Good. with some of your very funny answers. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, where can people find you? You both uh, up and about at the upcoming comedy festivals? Yeah, yeah, up and about. Um, I'm doing my first ever solo the comedy festival, very so that's exciting. very exciting. Hopefully it's as, as successful as your debut here on Who Knew with Matt Stewart. Hopefully. Runtime 120 minutes. <laughs> six um, stars. Yes. It's a six-star show. Um. Uh, yeah, I would take that. So you could follow, probably Instagram is the best. Um, it is not on sale yet, but. Look, that's a bit of sizzle for you, isn't it? Mm. Raywin's Picks on Instagram. And what, what's the show called? Bush Week. Bush Week. Bush Week. A lot of bush talk. <laughs> Great. Bush Cannot is wait. in. Yeah. <laughs> is Chatterbox brought up at all? 
The, well, may, Rip maybe Taylor now Rip Taylor featured yeah. heavily, so actually it works perfectly. <laughs> and so, where can people find you? I will be at the Western Hotel in Melbourne uh, from for the whole festival. That's where you're staying, but yep. where are you performing? <laughs> A little joke there. Very good. Also, the Western Hotel <laughs> <laughs> for the whole month of Love Melbourne that. Comedy Festival, and then in Adelaide, I'll be at the Rhino Room from the 28th to the 4th of March, 28th of Feb to the 4th of March, and Sydney yet to be announced or locked in. (laughs) But (laughs) I will be there (laughs) doing a show at the Sydney Comedy Festival too. Very exciting. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us, Raywan and Saran. As we're still a relatively new show, it would be great if you could help get the word out there by, you know, giving us a five-star review, maybe telling your friends if you think you know anyone who might enjoy it. But cheers for tuning in to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. Still working on that outro. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 